This is Peter Webb talking. It's October 2, 2018. I know that only because I wrote it down. <laughs> uh, and I'm here with Alan Fessenden, and uh, we're just going to talk for a while and see what uh, floats to the surface. So, Al, let me start at the beginning. When were you born? May 22, 1936. Who were your parents? Nathan and Elsie Fessenden. And uh, Elsie's? E-L-S-I-E. And what was her maiden name? Fobian. Spelled? B-E-A-U-B-I-E-N. Uh, were, were both of them from Brookline? Uh, yes. Oh. Yeah. So My mother moved from uh, uh, Sandown, New Hampshire. And uh, my father was born in Brookline. So so was she a kid in uh, Brookline, Elsie? Oh, I don't, I don't remember the exact age, but she was probably in the um, twelve to thirteen years old. Okay. Um, uh, and Nathan have any brothers or sisters? Yep. Who were they? He had one brother. He had one brother, David. And um, then he had a see. In the order in which they were born. Veronica, no, no, Louise. Louise was the oldest sister. And then there was uh, Veronica and then Dorothea. Is that Dorothea or Dorothea? Thea. Thea. Uh, and uh, Nason's dad was whom? Walter. And Walter was the son of whom? O.D. Fessenden. What does O.D. stand for? Marvel David. Uh, who do you believe was the first uh, f uh, of the Fessendens that come into Brookline? It would have been Orville. Orville David, my great-grandfather. You don't know the time frame, do you? I, I don't, no. I know when he died. He died in... Um, April 1930, 1936. Wow. I'm amazed you remember the day. Well, I remember it because my birthday is uh. 22nd of May, 1936. Uh. He died about one month before I was born. Wow. Um, I'm sure you've heard stories. What kind of guy was O.D. Fessenden, if you tried to explain to somebody? A hot ass. What do you mean, tough guy? Mm. Oh, I really? Mean, I mean, he he was had a had a heart of gold. The guy get down. You know, a lot of people, I think, <clears throat> would speak to that. But he was he he was all business. Yes. He was tough. Okay. That's what my father tells me. I understand. Um, what houses did you grow up in as a kid in town? Um. The um, oh, the, the house, the brick house across the street from the church, uh, the, the old Catholic, Catholic church, senior center. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Dorsulet's place. A little. Oh yeah, that was a. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a little house, but it wasn't a big house either. We went from there to the to my grandfather, great grandfather's brick house in South Brookline. 
Okay, yep, just over the Nisitissa, yeah. And then we moved, I was probably seven when we moved up the hill to my great-grandfather's house, his own house. I don't know what house that was. On top of the, just beyond the mill, up on top of the, uh, on top of the hill. My sister Irene lives there now. Okay, so you're going south on Main Street, right. you're talking about. Is it on the right or left? On the right-hand side. Right as you go south? Yep. Okay. Now let's uh, see if we can talk about uh, when you were ki a kid in Brookline. Where did you go to school in Brookline? Uh, the um, two-room schoolhouse here on Milford Street. What do you remember about that place physically? I mean, the building, if you remember. Well, you know, there was two rooms, and then there was a... They heated the building by, we had, a, there was a, a basement in the building, and they had a, a big furnace downstairs. And was it oil? <laughs> no. Was it wood? Did oil, was oil around then? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was wood. Okay. Do you, by any chance, remember your teacher? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Mrs. Scully. And what grade are we talking about? First and second. Ah. And third and fourth was Mrs. O'Neill. Oh, God, I'm going to... And then at that point in time, the town voted to not send the kids to the Milford school system, but to send them to Hollis. Uh, what grades were you... I was in the first... Uh, no, not the Hollis, Nashua. Um I was in a class, the same class, I was in a class that was the first class to go to Nashville. Okay, but roll it back. I'm, uh, let's stick with grammar school. I mean, well, okay. one, you were I in Brookline from one to sixth grade? Yes. And okay. what grades were in the Milford Street School? Um, About. Well, I think there were, I think there were two in each classroom. There was four of them. So there are four grades. So mm -hmm. first, second, third, and fourth. Where'd you go after fourth grade? Down to the Daniels Academy. Okay, and Daniels Academy was your school for what grades? Uh, fifth and sixth. And by any chance, you remember teachers? Uh, I, I, I can't. Okay. I, I, but I do know that they hired. I, I can remember them talking about that at the school meeting talking about. They, they, they get hired a, a very stern teacher to, to prepare us to go into Nashville. And um, she was stern. <laughs> so you, went, you figure you went to Nashville in eighth grade then? Plus or minus? Uh, seventh. Seventh grade, excuse seventh. me, seventh. Yeah. And how the heck did you get to Nashville every day? School bus. Who drove? Oh, Lawrence Corey bus at the bus service. Yep. Did you continue the Nashua school till you graduated from high school? Yes. Hmm. Yep. Who were your buddies, your peers, uh, say, you know, during 
pre-high school first. Yeah, well, I got along very well, with, I know, with Clarence. Clarence Farwell? Yeah. Oh, um, oh who else was in that? Nobody comes to mind at the moment, that's fine. Well, I, I, I can remember that when we were still up in the, the first school that I went to there, the one through four. Um, I can remember that we were we went out we went outside for recess every day. Recess. And we used to play hard, play ball in the yard there, small yard. But um, so then we would come in and then we would there was a water fountain there. And most of us would get a drink of water. And the line was up. Dickie Ingraham had his hand on the door jam like that. Had two hands on the door jam left and right. Mm -hmm. Okay. This little finger was in where the door shuts. Yes, sir. Took the end of it right off. Oh, Lordy. Just a small part of it, but. Oh, poor guy. And <clears throat> my least favorite teacher, probably, but Mrs. O'Neill. Uh, only me that I shut the door. And it, I did. The wind shut the door. I mean, there was the outside door, this inside door. And. Uh, so she screamed and hollered at me and punished me and back then I didn't argue with too many things. <laughs> so I just accepted the penalty and she did take out uh, her favorite pay, uh, payment, uh, punishment I should say, is uh, she used to take out those metal things in corsets that women used to wear. They were about that long that wide and about that thick, not very thick. And you sit there with you like this. And she would hold it like this and she'd back and she'd let it go. So she'd snap this, I think it's a corset stay yeah. and snap you with it. Hell yeah. Why would she snap you? Punish you. Yeah, yeah. I mean your head, your oh, arm. Oh, on the lips. What? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, she, she was a nice teacher. <laughs> I, at that time, I, we not many of us thought so. I probably more than others, but hmm. I was that because you know we had a, bright, a real separation in Brookline at that time. We belonged to the South End group, and then you had the Uptown group. You know the uh, Fuscos, the Ingrahams, the Jepsons, those kids up there. They. They had, used to have a ball field over there on Cal Street. Norman Homolinsky's house was here, and then there was a field. And I spied there the other day, and they've taken and cleared that lot all off. That had, I don't know what they're going to do with it, other than it looks good, though. But, um, and we had our field down in South End, was a, um, behind, down behind the uh, Quigley's barn. If you go by there now, there's no barn there, and but that there's a, there was a field there, and we used to mow it, keep it mowing at the ball field there. That was our domain. So there was, there, there was a separation between the kids and the south side, kids just and the north of, side. Yeah, just because we where, Pro we where we lived. Proximity to each other, yeah. sure, it makes yeah. sense. Well, let me run with the baseball thing for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, 
because the question has been discussed uh, in the town history group, what the history of baseball in town was. Now, I mean, who? Well, they had a, it was act, a very active then. <clears throat> I used to go to ball games with my father all the time. Who was playing, men or boys? Men. We had a, the town. We had a town team back then. They were called town team. No uniforms, but they used to play. Norman Homanisky, Steve, Judge Fowl, um, Winnie, and Alfie right. Hall. Mm -hmm. um, in that age, age group, I was probably six, seven, no, probably seven or eight in that. Would yeah. many people go to the games? Oh, God, yes. They, we had a, we built some, they built some uh, bleachers up there and uh, the, the park and um, which park the current ballpark yeah okay yeah did the town team have a name or just it was the Brookline town team just Brookline yeah do you, do you remember any incidents in particular about baseball fights problems well good luck they fought all the time did they <laughs> Del <laughs> Porter made a comment that whenever we played Pepperell, there was a fight. Yeah, Pepperell. Do you remember that? Yeah, we had a, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they were, most people in Brookline, I think at that time, as I recall, again, uh, going back then, um, most people in Brookline didn't think that much of Pepperell, because Pepperell had a couple of bars. Yeah, it was a kind of a <laughs> back in those days, I've Brookline's version of uh, the Wild West. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah Br Brookline was a dry town for a long time, wasn't it? Oh, good lord, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. uh, eventually, the townspeople voted to allow in to allow beer to be sold. And like that was in the ballpark of maybe my guesstimate is the sixties. I don't know. Do you remember? No, I don't remember. Was it before I went into the service or after I got out of the service? That um, well, I I I, I gather that it was probably before I went into the service in nineteen fifty six. Okay. Um. So let me ask you about uh, businesses in town during your childhood. We'll, we'll you know, we'll, well come back to living it. in South Brooklyn. The uh, the mill was active. Do, making what? Doing what? Well, the, the, they were making um, oak oak flooring, hardwood flooring. Hmm. This is a, the two inch white stuff. They Turned out a lot of lot of lumber out of that. It was a Somerville Lumber Company. Somerville Lumber Company. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's see uh, other businesses. You know where well, State Line is now. There was that restaurant Scala or something like that. Does anything precede that? Do you remember that restaurant called yeah. the? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I remember that, and I remember Mrs. Nelson was the. Uh, she was a cook. Oh. At the, when it was the scholar, whatever the name was. Right. Yeah. And they had, I think there was, on the end, on the north side of the building, there was a 
either a three or a four room motel. Okay. Hmm. Yep. Uh, what can you tell me about Taskers? Oh, yeah, the Taskers turkey vine. I, I was one of many kids that shoveled turkey dung up there. Mm -hmm. Arthur Tasker was just, I couldn't find a better guy. Really? Uh, yeah. How so? Well, he, you know, he was, he, he said that, he used to say that, I'd ask him something about doing something. He says, well, you know, Alan, he says, I am, I am just the owner of this business. The boss is my wife, <laughs> Anna. And she was, I mean, she, she was a tough taskmaster. <laughs> but a nice lady. Couldn't find a better lady than that. But, um. They moved into blueberries at some point. They did, after he gave up his turkey farm. Mm. And, you know, he, just to keep busy. I mean, he, Arthur was always busy, busy, busy. Nice. And, um, so, yeah. They, they had a daughter who married a Corey? Yeah, Anne. Anne Tasker married? Clarence Corey. Clarence Corey. Yep. Yep. And then they had a, another daughter, Carolyn, and she was known as Muffy. And I don't have a clue. I cannot speak positively, but I believe Muffy was a result of Arthur Tasker. He was a yeah, he just just a uh, fun-loving individual. Yeah. And we used to have down that you know the there's two ponds down on thirteen, and one on this side of the road backs up to his property. And we we had a hockey rink down there. We had. I don't know where we get the poles. I think maybe from Arthur, but we had poles. When the ice froze, they would drill a hole, put these poles in, put lights on them. We had lights. Wow. Yeah. And we got the power from. Originally, I believe we got it from Arthur. We had to run a line down there. But I think as we became more affluent, we uh, hired. We you know we had a power company put a meter in for us down there. Yeah. But we had lights, we had backboards, we had nets, we had a, and we used to, <laughs> our favorite game was this team out of uh, Fitchburg, Mass. Uh. Yeah, right. And, and then we, but Arthur, Arthur was, Arthur could play hockey. He was a hockey player. And he'd slide up, glide up and down that ice, you know, and he would, he could reach out, I, I swear to God, he could go out there 10 feet with a, with a stick and his, he'd lean way out there like that. And it used to frustrate the devil out of me because I couldn't get around him. <laughs> Never could get around him. <laughs> Who else played in, in the hockey group? Oh, well, there was oh, Stanley Reynolds, um, um, Charlie Jepson, Billy Quigley. Um, uh, we all did. Uh, oh, good Lord. Trying to think, some of the there was some of the love of the kids that played baseball didn't always. It was the same people that played hockey, you know. But um, yeah, we used to have a we used to have a pretty good team. Yeah. yeah. And then as we got things went on and we got older and better, I guess. And then they had they built a rink here in Nashville down at uh, Coliseum Drive. You know where the mall is. Sure. Get down there on the right hand side of that. Coliseum Drive, 
I think it eventually became a, a wine store for the state of New Hampshire or something. But we used to play hockey there at night under lights inside. Beautiful. Wow. And our, we, it was, I think it was booked 24 hours a day, you know. How bad? And usually our time was somewhere between 1 o'clock in the morning and 3 o'clock in the morning. That's where we would we'd go down and play. You must have loved the game. Oh, it, well, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I, I feel sorry for these kids today. They don't know what the hell fun is. They don't. We, you know, we, we could have to press and, and when we were on a bus. Alton Jensen was the bus, he operated the bus. Where did he drive you to? Oh, this was Brookline, when we were still in Brookline. Within Brookline. Yeah. Okay. But he would, you know, we would meet over to, to Bill Quigley's house. And uh, so from our house, we had three or four or five. And then my grandmother's house was three or four or five. And so we met at Quigley's. And there was only one there. Um, what was Alton like? Oh, he was just, you know, he was just a, lie, you know, he'd lie back and he was he's just that. You know, I always thought the world of the guy because he was, he was not, certainly was not argumentative. I never, you never heard him say disagree with anybody. <laughs> he was, and he was a, he was a. He was very active in the church. Did a lot of. What do you know he, about what he did in the church? Well, he he, I think he was. What do you call him? The the the, the takes care of the church. You know, maintains the church. He he did did a lot of things like that. Yeah, uh, he was Charlotte's uh, dad. Charlotte Farwell's yes. dad. Yes. And Ross Jensen's Ross, dad. Yeah. Ross is the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when he was the dump custodian, Alton. Oh, remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, Alton used to tell me about uh, when he was, he was, I think it was his wife. I'm not sure about that, about this pattern, but what precipitated the, well, one or the other. But I think it was his wife that got quite sick. And so, he started eating bird food. They did. You, you, well, that's what we called it, bird food. Oh. <laughs> okay. But it, 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 it was bird food. Yeah, yeah. Seeds and stuff you're yes. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Today they have... <laughs> they call it granola or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he would... Uh, that's what he ate. Well, what does that have to do with his wife's illness? It was thought well, to be good I for think, her? I think it came about... That came about because of her illness. And uh, she, as I recall, she enjoyed a, a period of good health during that period of time. They, um, but all would do anything for anybody. Mm. Now he's that kind of thing. How did he make a living? Just do what he could other than the driving of the bus. Yeah. He lived very, not sparsely, but frugal. Yeah. They, they were frugal, frugal. Were there more kids than Charlotte and Ross? Oh, good Lord, yes. There was Kenneth. Um, he lived on where the uh, Hates lived, on Milford Street. The big old house? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
That was Kenny. He ultimately moved down. I, he's south. He went to Florida. That was where he went. Um, and I don't remember where, but and then there was um, Kate Austin. Was a, she, she was, was a Jensen? Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. And it's I'm I think so, I'm missing somebody, but don't I don't worry about it. You're doing good. I appreciate it. All right, well, so let's get back to the businesses. So okay. if, if you got that restaurant with an attached hotel on your left and you're heading north on 13, right. by the way, do you remember the world before Route 13 was built? Oh, I do. Oh, absolutely. I, I, oh, I mean, it was, just, it was after the war, right after the war. And... Um, See that whole that whole backside of our property where we lived up there in the hill. Uh, no, no, help me that hill. So, well, it's, it's it's a hill. The the you got the uh, mill. Yeah. But you're going up a small hill. Yes. Yes. This a, yeah, there is. Right. And that house on top of the hill. Or, okay. Was my great grandfather's. Okay. He built that. It was the first house in town that had electricity. And that's O.D. Mm-hmm. Well, how that generated the electricity? The mill. Okay. Gas-powered engine uh, or diesel or something? Oh. Somehow he had he had a big the, the power plant in the in the um, in the mill was in the backside, which is now on the thirteen. Highway 13 side, where the chimney is, and he had this big, big, huge generator uh, machine. Machine, whatever. That, that, that produced electricity. Okay. And ran the all the um, the belts. See, underneath the first floor of the barn uh, of the uh, mill was. Uh, and most of it was uh, you could walk underneath there, but he had all the all the, the all the machines up on the mill on the first floor in the mill were run by this big generator machine, and it turned it had a belt that went down, and the uh, then from upstairs they would run a belt from the machine down to that generator. Well, uh, to right. that strap. I mean oh. that. You had a long... You're talking about a, a pulley system yes. with an axle and, a, and the belts turn the axle and it generates power to another place at uh, the end upstairs. of the axle. Yeah, yeah. It, it was... Um, I used to hang around there quite a bit. I used to... My cousins, uh, Arvel and Paul. Pardon? Arvel and Paul, my cousins. And they would... They would work on weekends at the mill and they used to... Um, take the slab piles off the, the, the slabs and off the logs that were just thrown into the piles and they were burnt. And they were burnt in the, where the power plant was. You'd walk into that power plant on the ground level and there was a wall there and there was these big doors. And then you went up the stairs like this and the, the power, the generator was here. On the left. Yeah, and on, on this over here, as you cut up the stairs, 
This was the top of the where they burned the wood on the right of yeah. the stairs. And they had a big had a big round hole that manhole cover, and they would you could open that up and they'd pour in sawdust scraps. They burnt everything. Gotcha. Hmm. Yep. And so I used to, I used to help Paul and Arbo when they had, they had a, uh, uh, I think it was a Chevy, an old Chevy truck. I don't recall it having a full cab over on it, but it was just, it was, it was a yard. They called it the yard truck. And they on weekends when they worked there, that's what they did. They picked up all of the slabs around the building, in the building. And took them to this down where the firebox was, and um, and I used to. I was that pain in the ass is the way they used to put it. <laughs> I was a. I, but I used to help them, anyways. And I think the only time I helped them was when I, maybe, jumped down to get a slab or something that. You know, so you were a little guy. Oh yes, I was only probably eight or nine years old. Okay. Didn't uh, the electricity go farther than that one house? Well, he fed, yes, he, he had a, fly, a line that went up, oh, I think it was as far as the Lawrence Corey's house, across the street from the, the, the store in town, the center. The village of store? Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, uh, he also provided water up to that point. That's what that... The water ended there, um, hmm. and I think I don't think he went much further than that with with the telephone service. He um, talking about that. He, he did he start a telephone service? Mm -hmm. Yeah, telephones in Brookline. Wow. He had um, had water and electricity. He had all the ingredients of, of uh, a, a decent business, it, it, but I. You know, stories I don't remember, I, I, I didn't hear people talk about it, but there were stories that, that uh, you know, he never sent out a bill. No, never sent any bills. And uh, because the, the generation of the power was there, period. And whether he, he was just using it rather than wasting it because that thing was there. And he had the water that he had there uh, was from across, it wasn't 13 at that time, but there was an open spring right up on that, old, on that hill, side hill. And that water served that, you know, ran 24 hours a day, bubbled up out of that ground. And he also, he also had brought it down in, to the house where I lived then, his original, his, his new home, his last home. Uh, so, and you're talking about O.D. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Pretty remarkable. Well, he had, you know, he was, his main business was the mill, of course. He had two mills at one time, but, um. Where was the second one? Up on Avil, Avil Road, Phil Chandler's house. Okay, there. and across the street from Across the street, there's a brook, and it used to be. Sure. Yeah. Whatever happened to that? Uh, I think he finally gave it up and I don't know yeah. why. Maybe it didn't produce enough or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we started taking a walk up Route 
No, no, no. I started to ask you about Brookline before the creation of Route 13. Right. The creation right. of Route 13 shortly after World War II. 1946. Uh, big deal in town? People happy, angry, excited? Well, no, a lot of people were happy because it took all the traffic out of Brookline. Yeah. But there was no traffic to speak of in Brookline anyway. Uh, and people didn't travel that much. It was just the war was just over. Pardon? The war was just over. Oh, yes. So it, it was... Um, it was a different lifestyle back then. It was a good lifestyle. How so? I can remember, you know, I, uh, my mother was a tremendous cook, but she get a call from one of the members of the church. My mother and father did not go to church in Brookline, um, but she'd get a call from my aunt Dorothy or Veronica or, and uh, or whomever else, because that uh, so-and-so is, is, is down with, with whatever, the kraut, the kraut or whatever they had, the croup, I guess it is, that's what it was. They, they, oh, they were having problems anyway, you know. And bingo, the first thing you do, everybody turns on their ovens and they start baking. People helped. You know, they didn't call some office and ask for help. They didn't... They, it was just, it was a, it, it was a, it was the best part of my life in that, during that period of time, as far as I'm concerned. I, I people were always helping other people. Uh, I don't know how many times I'd say, my dad would say, all right, Alan, come with me, and I'd get in the car, and we'd go someplace, maybe cut some limbs off a tree that bent, the snow bent down, stuff like that. To help somebody out. Absolutely. Yeah. People never had to ask for help. Yeah. People, it, people offered it. And of course, my dad was in a position that, where he was going around every day. Why? Well, he was delivering the mail. I didn't know that. Mm. Yep. So he, he knew what was going on. Oh, ab yeah. Oh. oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was the... Uh, I think Jerry Phillips once said that... <laughs> that, uh, that uh, referencing the town as a whole, that there were a lot of... A lot of Stories going, you know, people always yipping. Back in those days, they didn't have telephones either. Not that many of them. There were a few. And, um, but she could always, I forget how she, she could always rely on something that she asked my father. She could rely upon that if she could get him to talk, that it was probably what happened, whatever they were talking about. Uh, people used to set their watches by him. He would have a light load, let's say, on today, and, and he would sort his meal, and he would work around the the the, um, the office there to clean it up or whatever, something, because he would not leave that. Uh, Nine thirty was when he drove out of that yard. Nine thirty at night. In the morning. In the morning is when he started drove. his route. He'd be up there sorting his meal. Where? And it used to be where uh, I think there has a dog place now where Eddie Wickham lives? Yes, the dog grooming place on Main Street, Eddie Wickham's place. Okay, that was where the post office was. It was. It, it was in... Um, yeah. Yes, it was there, and uh, it... Um, I remember you'd walk in the front door and you'd turn to the left and the boxes were there. Yeah. 
Yeah. So he's there for a long time. Oh, good lord, yeah. It was used to be in that little building next to the old fire station. Oh, yes, okay, the building that was moved is now the concession stand at the ballpark. Did you know that? That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, was your dad uh, the postmaster or just no, the, no. the delivery guy? No, no, the carrier. Who was the postmaster? Well, uh, Rodney Wright huh. was. Yep. But he, you know, but he was, every day he was wherever he, he was the day before at the same time. You know, he was, yeah. Wow. Like, like a clock. Yep. Well, because people depended upon him and in those days because they, they would pay their bills by money orders. Oh, he, you know, he, I rode with him a lot during the winter time. It was, you know, heavy storm, storm some storm. And because those, back in those days, the storms were always taller. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and he would, uh, first thing he did in the, in the morning, you know, if it had snowed that night, he'd go up in the garage, lay on that cold cement floor and put his chains on. So he had chains. He, he always said that, that you know it's his job to make sure that the mail gets through. He took that crap seriously. But um, he. Um, How was, long did he do that? Thirty-two years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he retired from the postal. He work. did. Yeah. Did he uh, deliver outside of Brookline? Oh yeah, his route carried him from Brookline, South Brookline. And then back uh, into Hollis, the Four Corners, and he would turn left at the Four Corners, go down Silver Lake Road, and he would go down there, and then he would leave, um, I don't know, it's the Hayden Farm is down there. So his run, I mean, what were his work hours? Well, he, he, well, he'd usually be through a good day, you know, a, a normal day. Uh, would be probably three thirty, four o'clock. Starting yeah. at what time? Oh, he'd leave the house probably you know at seven thirty, eight o'clock. Did your mom have formal employment, or she was in charge of the home? My yeah. mother worked just in the house. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's go back to the businesses Business. in town. Okay. So we got that place with the attached hotel, the name of which you don't remember. No, the Scala. Okay. Yeah. It was that. Okay. Yes. And, and then, what's the next business? Well, well, see, of course, when you're a kid, the 13 wasn't there. So the next business might have been on Main Street. It was. So Whitcomb's place, was that where the post office was? Was that also a store? Oh, yeah. 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 Whose store at that point? Ed's? Uh, well, Eddie's father died early, <coughs> and so Jane became the the owner and the boss. His mom. Yeah. 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 She was a working fool. My God. Work hard. Oh. Yeah. But and Eddie was Eddie was right there with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, he he became the Eddie's sisters didn't uh, they 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 went into that. Yeah. But, and uh, was there anything special about the Whitcomb store, or your basic food and miscellaneous store? What? Good beets. Good beets. Good meats. Oh, meats, meats. 
Cool. Uh, my, my dad used to cut the meat for him. My father used to cut me for his grandfather, my grandfather. That building by the by the mill, out by the street. The the grain yes, building. The grain we we got to talk about that for a sec. Let's take okay. that digression. What what? Tell me about that building. Well, there was a there was the grain the grain store. That's what it was, um, and he used to get he get delivery of beef. All his deliveries. If the old railroad track crossed South Main Street at that point, it went up this way, but there was a side siding there, and he would, the train would back in. And right, right by the mill and the grain store? The grain store. Or grain store. Because out back, the, there was a, a, a part of the building that was built out over the, the track. And that's what, so to keep them, keep them out of the weather. And the train would back in it. And they would unload the car. And he got his beef that way. Hmm. Beef. Uh, so, you, so your dad was familiar with working with meat? Oh, he ran that. He, that's a, that was his function in the mill for my great-grandfather. He worked that part of it. He did he work some time out in the mill, but most of the time, because he kept books. To, he did some, some of his books for him. And, uh, your dad supplied Whitcombs with their meat then? No, and he got his own meat from Nashville. Nashville oh. beef I, was where he got, I believe, he did at one time anyway. But the, it would come in a side of beef or a side of pork, whatever it was. My, my father would uh, Eddie would come out to the post office and tell him that he got his his meat was in, and so after my father got through work, he'd go out there and he cut his Eddie's meat up. Oh, I see. Okay. And uh, and I believe my father never got paid for it, but he got his meat from him, Eddie. You know, yep. he'd pay him in, in meat. Sure. So. Um. But then they moved that. That that okay. That was there, and then Eddie had built on the end, on the very end of it, his ice cream parlor that he had. What was the name of it? No oh God, I think it was just Wickham's ice cream. Okay. Yeah. And then that, now the the highways in, mm. and uh, and they built Botanical Garage first. Who's they? George and George and Sunny and Grover. Uh, Grover and yeah. I expect Clarence probably yeah. had a hand the in it. The firewall's built the gas station. Yeah. And then... O on 13, 13 at the bottom of the hill there. Right. Yeah. And then across the street is, was the Wickham's rest Restaurant. And... So they built that after the, the road relocated because the traffic was gone. Well, it was, good. It, was a good, it was a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. But that was all fill in that area. That used to be a swamp in there. And that was all... And he got it... Uh, Eddie's, I think, yeah, Eddie's sister married one of the uh, uh, supervisors on the uh, Watkins who built the highway. Watkins? Yeah, yeah. R.J. Watkins. And he happened to put some of the fill there? Oh, that was a good place for him to get rid of it. Okay. Where they did some blasting and stuff. And then, when you get after that, Eddie cut the uh, ice cream thing off, that, that part of the of his building. He had a little L on the Main Street building yeah. that was the ice cream part, and what did he do? Ice cream parlor? No, you say cut it off? Yeah, he took it off, unhooked it, Yeah. and they moved it up to his restaurant. Route, route 13. And that became his restaurant. Yeah. <clears throat> that eventually evolved into the Riverside Restaurant, which is whatever it is. 
Um, is that what it's called now? Well, right now it's at oh, Tequila Place. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> okay. It hasn't opened but, yet. No, but it's going to be. It's only four years now. Um, yeah, that's where he put it. That was it. It was an ice cream place, and he, at that time, I believe, is when he started selling uh, oh, French fries, fried clams. God, it's fried clams and die for. Yeah. And, um, and that's, and then he had, he had no seating. You walked up to the, he had windows, you know, that he served out of. And, and he was very successful, successful in that operation, and he enlarged it. Twice, I think, he, he put the additions on. Um, then Jane used to sit there, out in the, one of the booths. That's his mom. Yeah. She would, you know, sit out there in the evening, you know. Keep an eye on everything? Yeah, and talk with everybody that came in. What have you been doing today, Alan? You know, stuff like that. And uh, she knew, you know, she was just, just a great person, you know, hard-working lady. Yeah. God. Let's go back to our business walk. Well, okay, coming down <coughs> on the old South Main Street. Yeah. <coughs> the, uh, way back. I don't remember it. I remember the building, but there was that corner, the corner cupboard, where Oak, you come down from Buddy Nutson's around that corner. There's a, there's a street, a little street there called Elm Street, uh, other side of Eddie's place between Nutson and oh, Abbey. Oh, up there? That's, I'm your way up. So where are you? I'm back at <laughs> Oak Hill Road, comes out onto the South Main Street. Yeah. Okay. Right across the street. No, no, Oak Hill Road, South Main Street? Yep. Keep going. I'm not, I'm lost. That's where my grandmother and grandfather lived. That house, my cousin. Oh, oh, oh David I'm right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, if you come out at the end of that, right on that corner, on the inside part of that corner, there was a. Um, uh, they called it the corner cupboard. It was. They had. She bakes the, the stuff, you know, and sold stuff from there. Do you remember the name by any chance? Yeah, the corner cupboard. Uh, how about the lady? Oh, ooh, no, no, no. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, I'm glad you remembered that one. That's neat. Was this somebody who lived in town? Do you think? Do you know? I, I don't. I don't okay. really know. Sure. Fair enough. I don't really. Okay. So back on track. We, we had Whitcomb store, and the next thing. Well, you had my my uncle Eldo had a garage down there next oh, to the Oh, how could we forget that? Okay, thank you. Next to the brick house uh, just over the Nessus right. Bridge right. is was O.D. Fessenden and Garage. That's right. I uh, know. Eldorus C. Fessenden. Uh, E.C. Fessenden. E.C. Fessenden. Yeah. And Eldorus was nice. He was my father's uncle. Okay. My great uncle. And what they do at that shop? Well, he... He had a very busy garage. He had a, had a good size. He had a very good business. Yeah. He sold cars. He had a Chevrolet dealership at that time, and he had, you know, he had the Chevrolet dealership in Townsend. So, but yeah, he had. He used to sell Fords originally, but he ultimately ended up in a, with a dealership, Chevrolet. Did the construction of thirteen mess him up? It probably helped him. Yeah, he had gas pumps there, but he didn't pump. The gas was for his customers that came to the ground. 
It, it was a repair work that yeah. he depended upon. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah thank you for remembering that. Uh, do you remember anything about the garage or... Well, I live right next door in the brick house. They did in the brick house. And I was the pain in the ass that was over there all the time. You know, Hillis. Hanging out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, not hanging out, working out. <laughs> oh, you worked? I, he had an outside, he had a lift outside of the garage. And so if it was raining, you'd get wet when you were doing an oil change and getting underneath, but you got lift to put it up there. So you would help him with automotive work? Uh, I Sometimes I think he thought I was hindering him, but yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah, I get my... I get my fingers dirty and my yeah. clothes all greasy. And yeah. Now, again, his name was Aldo? Aldo. Aldoris, actually. And his wife's name was? Jenny. Uh, can you tell me a little something about the two of them? Well, they were both very, very given. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I've heard Jenny was quite something. Oh, she was. She... My cousin Franklin, who lived where Morris used to live, that was the well, homestead. Morris Marshall. Yep. That was the homestead. And uh, so Franklin would walk down and he always, he and I always were out together. We, we played together. And we raised hell together. And I mean, we did. But um, he, uh, and Jenny, we We'd stop in at Aunt Jenny's. We were always welcome, and she always made us welcome. And we'd stop in there, and we'd sit there at the kitchen table out in the kitchen. She'd be in, a, in, a, in her kitchen. The kitchen in those days was boxed off, and that's where the, all the preparation of the food went. And uh, uh, she, uh, yeah, and she would. Raspberry jam. Loved it. Loved it. Now this was, you're talking about Morris Marshall's house. Nope. What house? I'm back to Aunt Jenny's house. The one that... The red brick? No. No? no this is, this is a, the red brick house was my great-grandfather's house. He built that. Wait, Aldo, you're coming off Crossroad? Yes. The house right across the street right now with a big junk of piles of junk. Yes. Yes. So if you didn't, you go crossroad, heading west, you come on to south main, if you went straight, you run, in, run into it. Yep. Okay. And a big porch on it. And that's whose house? That was Eldo and Jenny's. Okay. Thank yes. you. That, and that was built for them. By whom? Oh, God, I don't know. Okay. So they had it built. Yeah. Just tell me. Okay. Um... Let me try this one, my friend. Uh, when you said when you were young, you used to raise hell, and you got a certain sparkle in your eye. What are we talking about? Well, I just had a good time. I, I, you know, I, in the summertime, especially in the summertime, I'd get up in the morning, I'd come downstairs, brush my teeth, sit down, my mother would plop breakfast in front of me, whatever it was, and it was always good. And then I would... Uh, I'd wait for Franklin to show up. Franklin Marshall. Yep. Yeah, Morris's brother. And uh, and then we'd sit up we'd sit on the porch or wherever. And we would just what are we gonna do? 
And what did one do? Oh gosh, we just raised. We 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 just walk around. I mean, I mean the the roads. Now there's no traffic on our highway now because it's all on 13. So we'd walk up and down the road. We'd go to my grandmother's house, and uh, just chances are my grandmother was sitting out on the porch, oh, watering her flowers, uh, weeding the <coughs> the outside flowers, and you uh, know, maybe she'd say, "Hey, would you like a candy bar or something?" She always said treats. Excuse me, but um. Yeah, we 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 had a lot of fun. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good fun. Yeah. We, we didn't uh, we didn't destroy anything. We didn't have to. We had fun. We didn't need that that. Was fishing ever involved? No. Hunting. I didn't. I didn't go hunting until. I think when I when I finally went. Get into hunting. I was that after I got out of the service. And the lake was a lake, a, a place you. Well, later on, Franklin and Morris's family, mother and father, they moved up to the lake. They built that place on the lake. And uh, as you come down that road to the Clarence's, or not that by the cemetery, but the next one, we come down and. That house right there—they were right at the end of that driveway, and that's where the—that's where he built the, that house, and that's where—that's where Franklin and Morris moved up there. Morris was old enough, so he had interests such as girls, and there was Lady, the Bramley daughter. At that time, it was uh, Bob and Kathy. Uh, he no, the Bob. Um, and his sister. So yeah, wait a minute. So you're telling me Bramley was uh, Bob Bramley was second generation Brookliner. His he grew up. Well, his grandfather had a, two two property camps. One was a good size one up on the as you went down there up on a kind of a knoll where Bramley's house was. Yeah. That, that I don't know the name of that road that goes down. That's not. A, I don't think it has a name. It never yeah. was. A, it's right across from Clay, where Cleveland. Terry Hill Road, Terry Dennehy's house hits uh, Mason Road, then across the street this road goes down, 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 down to right. the lake. You go around the corner, yeah. and probably now, probably two or three hundred yards down there, uh, that piece of land between that driveway and the lake, there was like a, a knoll. Yes. With pine trees on yes. it, and they built a camp, and he built a home in there. This is Bob Bramley's uh, uh, father? Grandfather. Grandfather. So uh, let's play out the Bramley thing. So he, he, he was a summer guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did. I don't think, I think the only people that lived on the lake in the wintertime back in those days was uh, Marshalls. And right next door where Clarence lives now, that... Um, um, Oh, uh, what the hell is your name? I should know. You know what I talk about? So we're talking about a house on the edge of the pond, just kind of behind the cemetery, a little bit off to the side. You see, none of that was there. All and those houses that are there now on the edge of the pond. No, the Clarence's house he's living in now is there. Um, Eddie McGinnis, 
and his wife lived in that one. Next house over was, uh, um, hmm, gosh, I don't know. But anyways, the next house over was the one that George ended up buying. George Farwell? Yeah. Okay. And he had, and then the next house over was Eddie Wickham's place. I don't, and he didn't own it at the time. Eddie didn't own it. I don't remember the, but it was a summer place. Just, and it was treated as a summer place. Yeah. When it was time to go home, you shut the door and locked it. <laughs> you didn't do anything else. And then there was the, um, uh, uh, the Rawls had a camp there. They lived in Nashua. They had furniture business. And then there's Clarence's place. This is on the west side of the pond there by the cemetery. Right behind the cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that wasn't there then. What wasn't there? Where Clarence. Yes, that house wasn't there. And He built it. Yeah. Yeah. We built it. What do you mean? Clarence and I were good friends. Oh. And I'd like to think we still are. Don't yeah. always agree. That's all right. But, um, oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well, let's go back on our trip. Let's see, the uh, next building I come to after, well, let's see, we've got, we're straddling Route 13 and Main Street. Let's try A.A. Halls. Do you remember the Hall store? Oh, sure. What do you remember about it? Well, it was a, it was a busy place. Hmm. That, uh, you know, the only two places in town you can buy food. And I know my mother and father went to Nashville and did their shopping on Fridays. After he got out of work, They'd go to Nashville, the two of them. And uh, but my father bought a lot of food. Not say a lot of food, but my mother was out of something. She'd tell him to pick up something. You know, Eddie's. Why would they go out of town? Better prices or better choices. Better choices, sure. They done. You know, short, they went to Nashville. That's what they. And you had Philbrick's Fish Market. You had the. the so is it the, the Kennedy? Stores they sold. Um, it's a chain. It wasn't a big chain, but there was more than one. Um, they sold. You could get them. Um, you could get butter, cheese, coffee. Where? At the Kennedy. That store on Main Street. It was on the right hand. It was on the right hand side as you're going south on Main Street. Okay. And Philbrick's was on the other side. Philbrick's was right next to the, I'm trying to think of the name of the church, which church that is there. You got the, the bank, this is kind of odd, that street that just goes up to the old central fire station. I don't know what that is, the central fire station. Well, they used to be, they used to have the, uh, the arts center or something. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm with you. Okay. Temple Street. Uh, Temple Street. Yes. That's, there was a. There was the Indian Head Bank was on Connor Temple in Maine. Yeah. And then next to it, there's a church. And then next to that, there's a three yes. or four st long, st low, st you know, yeah. one level stores. They pulled those down. They did? They did. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, you, so you got the Methodist Church and then an old, like a brownstone residence okay. behind it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But anyhow, yes, I remember Phil Bricks was right there. Right there. Yeah. I, and then, it hasn't been gone that long, I don't think. But okay, well, let me bring you back to town. So, yeah. A. a. Halls, uh, yeah, you uh, know, not the best selection, I guess. Probably not the best prices. I don't know. But it was handy. 
But it was Haley, sure. He would show up my <coughs> Fred. Fred Hall. Hall. The brother of the Forest Hall. Brother of Forrest. Yeah, Alfie's uncle. Fred Hall lived on Bond Street. I, I'm not going to go there. That, that, we, we, we were on to here. But the um, Fred, on, I think it was on Friday mornings, Friday, he had a he had a truck that he bought for my Uncle Eldo, uh, a Chevy, a new new truck. And it had a, a hard top, but it had the sides, curtains on the two sides and uh, on the back. But anyways, he would go around on Friday morning and take an order, go to these different houses. And then he'd go back to the store, and they would fill those orders and put them in that truck. And he would deliver them that afternoon. It was, um, yeah, it's, it's a, but my father and mother weren't into that. I mean, there were, you know, the hell, there were six of us kids, and we uh, probably drank more milk in a week than most people <laughs> in a year. But, but, so, that's why they went to Nashua, and it was always on a Friday afternoon. Well, let me ask you this, if, answered if you're okay with it. You mentioned that your parents weren't involved in, uh, church, no. any church in town. Was no. there a reason for that? Uh, I guess the father, my father felt, or I felt the way he did. It, it, uh, churches aren't uh, had for clicks trying to change things. That's that's essentially what it was. Say it again. The clicks. Click of, clicks of people. People yeah. get into the church and they, they mean well when they, when they start out but then they they want change or something, and it just—I don't know. Yeah. So I. I you steered clear of it. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah, but it was a, that was um. I was probably the only kid in Brooklyn that ever got kicked out of youth fellowship. <laughs> what did you do? I just told the minister where he ought to go, <laughs> and uh, and he was a nice guy too, very nice guy. It, it, uh, we didn't accomplish anything. We didn't didn't do anything. I don't think we ever opened the Bibles. It was just it was our weekly meeting, youth fellowship meeting was a uh, fun time. You know, play games. Which church was this? Uh, the Methodist church. Methodist, which is now the library. library. Okay. Yeah. My uh, grandfather was great. Grandfather was a big supporter of that church. What, what happened to that church? Well, just, you know, the town just lost, first of all, lost people. The population, if you check before before the war, and it went down like this after, the, during the war and after the war. My great aunt, Blanche, she used to own that house right next to the, what's right next to the post office, the one that sits up on the knoll. Yes. She, that was her home. And, uh, Blanche what? What's her last name? Well, she was a pheasant. Okay. And then she married Morse. Okay. And he died very young. And they had one son, hmm. Roger. And he died about a year ago down in Florida. He was 90-something years old. Roger, youngest, youngest at, that, at the time, the youngest entrance at um, MIT and at that time. Well, Roger was, uh, he was brilliant, but he's a nice guy. 
hinten. Ja. Hier en mijn vader waren beste friends. Mijn vader taught the world of him. Because he was a type of he didn't he didn't have any nonsense or anything, you know. He was Roger was made fun of. Uh, Roger was a six six I mean fellow, you know. And his uh, he, he he retired as I think I think he didn't know he retired as a full bird colonel from the army. Then he went to work for Exxon. Esso at that time, and he was <coughs> became their chief uh, lobbyist in D.C. Uh, he had a oh, he had a nice job. He had a home out in California, and and home his, in D.C. His name again was Roger. Roger Morse. Morse. Okay. Yes. Then, uh, but he was a he he came home from school. He came right to his to the house and he sat down and he did his homework. And uh, his mother spent a lot, a lot of effort and time with her, with him. He he, he was, he was. I uh, you ask Sonny Porter, you know, he'll probably tell you. He won't say too much probably good about her, because Roger was a brilliant kid. He was. Um, and uh, and he didn't. He didn't. His mother did not believe in. Playtime, and, mm. and uh, so he he was. Um, he used to come back. He'd come when he would come to Brookline when he was living in California full time, and he'd come down to the house, and he and my father would sit there and talk for hours, hours at a time. My father kind of looked after uh, his. Um, when he lost his dad? Yeah. 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 Sure. He, he, and, uh, and then she, you know, she would go to California for the winter sometimes. And my father used to, we used to, my father and me and my brothers, we'd go up and shovel the snow off the ho off of her porch and make sure that the water was not frozen, the heat was on. So, it, you know, she she was in fact the land that we had at the lake where where I built a house that was that was hers and she gave it to us as a wedding present. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. But anyways, she she uh, she she was very active in that church. Yeah. Yeah. And then when she got remarried, she didn't get married. She didn't remarry until. Uh, Roger was out of school, actually. Um, what, what was her last name at that point? Well, she was a Morse, and then she married uh, um, Harry. He had the funeral parlor in Townsend. Anderson? No, oh, that's the guy that bought Bought it from him? him. Oh, I don't know who had it before. Knight. Knight. Oh, okay. Harry Knight. And Harry and her lived, uh, they lived for years. After they got married, they were, they were both old. Yeah. All right. Let's continue on the businesses. There's so many things that come to mind. But uh, okay, so we got. Uh, there's no more uh, business activity on Main Street after Hall Store. Oh, what about up uh, on top of Hall Store? What was use, use was made oh, of? Oh, Sid Hall used to have his 
Okay, his printing business, uh, uh, printing, no, I mean, no. his... Uh, he, he made those... Uh, fabric things. Oh, they were, they were dust covers for... Uh, it, it, dry cleaning dry business. Clean. Yes. They were forms, yeah. yeah. But before, before that? That used to be the old Grange Hall. Oh, oh, I knew that too. Tarbell's Hall. Tarbell Hall, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they met religiously up there for... Oh, they did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> until they moved to the... Swing and Sway. What's that? that well, that's what... You should have dances up there. No kidding. Yeah, in the old days, yeah. Did you ever go to those? Oh, no, that was... <clears throat> that was back in my father's okay. young days, yeah. Were you a Grange guy? No, okay. never was. Okay. I never... Had yeah. I, I, I supported him. I, you know, I, I say support him. I supported him in his when I was on the board of select men. Uh, get it into a bunch of crap from him, but tell, tell me a little what you're talking about. Well, they they um, they used the downstairs of town hall. Grange. That was it. Yeah, downstairs. They yeah. moved from Tarbell's Hall to. Well, they they hadn't been there. They'd been in the town hall for years. Right, right. And uh, so, and I, I when I first got on the board, and I started going through the books and seeing where we could cut any money. You know, Christ, if I could cut ten dollars, I thought I was doing a real, real, you know, real good. But anyways, they, um, and Phil Shattuck was the was, you know, the head of the Grange at the time. And I, I asked him to come in, in into the office, and, and we went through the books. And I, I, $75 a year they were paying the town to use that downstairs. And I, I don't know why, but that $75 didn't sound right. I thought it should be more. But I also understood the fact that there were only three, maybe four families that were supporting the Grange at the time. And What year are you talking, Al? Any idea? Uh, 1970. Okay, keep going. And uh, so, I was working with Phil and and uh, Madeline. Madeline, his wife. Yeah, and you know, as I said from the outset, I wasn't trying to drive him out of the place. I just wanted to know if there was any any could could the town get any more money out of that. And I'm not very you know I'm diplomatic. I say something. I have something to say. I say it, but it, it, so they get. It became a, a a local pissing contest between me and the Grange, and I, I I didn't want that. But boy, I wasn't about to give in. <laughs> but we 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 finally got it straightened around. They they um, we didn't charge them any more money, but they bought tables and those round tables and chairs down cellar. They bought those and gave them to the town. And that was it. It was over. <laughs> well, I did I wasn't trying to skin them either. I knew and you know, I knew well the problem they were in. They didn't you know I think it was at the fowls uh, uh, not too much Clarence, but he was a member, but um, the families carrying the place consisted of Farwells, the Shaddocks, Madeline, and right. and, yeah. uh, and there's Phil. a few other older folks in town that yeah. you know, individuals. But um, they were hurting. Yeah. 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 Well, let's remind people who might be listening to this that the basement of the town hall 
then was nothing like it is now. Oh, no, a cement floor with post, steel posts on it. With the lolly columns, it was, it was open from foundation to foundation. On Pretty much so. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, there was a kitchen down there. There was. Um, that was one of the issues that we were we discussed. Um, they just they didn't have any money. And there was nothing that you, uh, you know you could squeeze and they wouldn't get anything out of it. It was just was, um, but they did. We would go down. We, if we uh, on a selectmen's meeting night, I'd when I come in, I'd get in early and I might go downstairs and see how what the condition was of the place as it was being kept up. Alton Jensen was our custodian at the time, and he did a good job. He'd say, "Alan, I think we need." And he'd tell me the problem that was needed to be taken care of. It didn't necessarily have affect the Grange at all. It's just that there was maintenance that needed to be done. And uh, so I'd bring it to the other two members of the board at the meeting, and they'd say, yeah, we got to fix it. And the kitchen sink was the biggest problem. I mean, it was, when it was clean, it was filthy. Uh, it was, but we, with, with the help of a lot of people, I mean, this was, you have to remember, the Granges, the, the people that were active. Um, and then we hired people to um, work down there and clean it up, you know. So ultimately we got it, so it was just presentable. Who were the other people on the board? When I got on the board, there was Morris, myself, and Grover. And then Grover had one year left on his term, and he didn't, didn't run again. Um, he, you know, he he was very involved in that, but he was getting old. Well, take a minute. Uh, I think my impression is Grover played a big role in town. Tell people about Grover Farwell. Well, you know, Grover, I, I used to I used to ride with him and go up to uh, to the legislature with him. Why? That was interesting. No I kidding. To, yeah. So I'd go up there and sit in the galley, and uh, at lunchtime we'd go out and have a sandwich, and uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot from Grover. I, you know, don't ask me what, but, but I, 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 he was. Uh, I enjoy his company uh, most of the time. Once in a while we would get on the, you know, we'd get on going, but you know the good thing about dealing with Grover when he was on the board, that. Uh, if Morris or I uh, raised a question about something, he says, "Ain't gonna do it. Ain't gonna do it." You know, and that would be it. He's just not gonna agree. Right. Yeah. And well, so. But you guys had the majority. No, that's all right. No, I I don't buy that. It didn't work that way. No, no, no. I I, if we had a uh, larger concern, maybe or something, but it wasn't. It's just you know. Because yeah. I, I, I always, I liked Grover. I, I always found him to be interesting in talking with him. I was into politics at at, at an early age. Yeah. Well, but I appreciate that you had this fondness for the man. And, but what was he like? Because I thought he played a big role in town. Well, he did. Uh, he would... He was a... Um, he was a road agent for a while. He had that job for quite a while. Uh, he was 
hollow, hollow Grover worked strictly in Brookline. I mean, his the work that he did other for the people. They would hire him to paint the houses, stuff like that. So he did all sorts of work. On jobs. Oh, he did. Okay. On jobs, but he did it. You know, he had a. I think probably the only guy in town that had a truck at that time. Uh, but yeah, he hired. He would hire some of the local young people that were trying to get a start in life. You know. Pay him money to work, um, but now he he, he I, I think probably I noticed that he's he got older he kept more cantankerous you know he didn't have the I think it's just a lack of patience probably mm -hmm. that anybody would have it at, you know you get to be that age I know I have it now I don't have it. <laughs> you always have it. I remember town meeting when you and, I think I do, you and Grover exchanged strong words. Uh, I forget what it was, but... Oh, well, probably. Yeah. I, I guess I wouldn't deny that happened. <laughs> there may have been more than one, so they've all become merged together. Uh, my well, recollection is that uh, it had something to do with a road, maybe closing a road. I think you advocated for closing it, and Grover... Got he was pretty hard on that class six roads. Yeah. Our class six roads were. He got ooh, upset. God, yeah. damn it, Alan! That's an remember. Yeah, he. Yeah. But I always got, I, I never had any trouble. If I see him, I'd say hi. We talk, chat. But uh, he, uh, he was stubborn. You know, it seems to me that. Uh, Maybe it's a small town thing for all small towns, but uh, to, to, to successfully function in a small town, you have to be able to have strong disagreements and then forget about sure. it. Sure. And I'm not sure that's a common trait today. Oh, no, because <coughs> people, no, people carry grudges for years. You know. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's on, uh, the town has finally hired a uh, director of, yeah, public works, whatever. Public works, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, when I, when I got on the board of Selectman in 1970, one of my projects that I was, I wanted to see, I, I Morris and I used to talk about this a lot, and, and um, Morris and I were probably, uh, you know, doing something at his mother's house or something, and, or running the route for the uh, collect the trash on Saturdays, but I could see that Brookline, depending how it went, that we could possibly be faced with a real bad situation that was going to cost the town a lot of money. And that was these Class 6 roads. So the, the following weekend after I got elected, Morris and I got elected at the same time. Mark, I asked Mark, he had a Jeep. Who's Mark? Mark Fesenden. Okay. Yeah. And he, he had a Jeep. And I, I asked him if but I, I said, I'd like to ride all of our Class 6 roads. Class 6 <coughs> means a very primitive road? Oh, a real primitive, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, he said, sure. So, Morris and I, and Mark, we started riding the roads one, one Saturday morning. I think we probably left, we probably left about 9 o'clock, I guess. And we came back around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, as I remember. I didn't think I was ever going to stop shaking. <laughs> but it's... Uh, 
the roads are, are it was obvious if anybody took the time to go out there and see that those class six roads could become a town responsibility in, in, in pretty quick order and grosser in the, not in Brookline but there were, the growth was there some but not like it was necessarily in the, in the neighboring towns but so I was t I tried to put together a, a, some idea a concept of what we were going to be faced with the the at that time the increase in these subdivisions that were coming in and the people that was buying the land a lot of it our land the pheasant land and uh, I wanted to put together a, a plan that would be a farming forming a, a town road department no 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 idea at all of doing it at that time just what was it going to cost us in the future and we were suddenly getting those subdivisions in Brookline you could see it and it did happen uh, and Brookline dodged the bullet because because the properties that they were buying were not on these class six roads okay so help me out uh, so class six road is not owned by the town Oh, it's a town road. It is a town road, just right. a primitive road, which we would have had to have improved yep. with an increasing population. It was, uh, that okay. was a problem that we were, were looking at. But that that wasn't the only problem that I, I was looking at. Oh, that we, not problem. That wasn't the issue we were, look, we were looking at. Um, I wanted to see what was it going to, what, what would, he, would we end up with as a highway department in the town in total? And that is... We were very lucky, you know, that somebody like Clarence had that had equipment was willing to do it. I realized he used to do it when he had a slow period of time, but that was that was to our advantage, not necessarily his advantage. But um, it just um, and it all became a very personal thing with some of the people involved. Uh, what to do with the roads? Oh. Well, you said it became a personal problem. This decision about what to do it with was a, well, no, no. It became the the issue became a very. It was it was um, it was rather heated at times <clears throat> dealing with it, and then the and the climate used to the climate used to say, he says, "I'm the road agent. I get elected. I'll do what I'm what I want to do," and I took deep. <laughs> sense of that and the philosophy uh, some reason there you had to have some well so anyways one thing led to another and over the time and it just didn't I, I the first thing that we asked for was were, were uh, timesheets wanted to find out how much money uh, how much we were getting for the time and the money that we was being spent and uh, you would never provide, provide that and uh, that became an issue. Betty and Betty now was on the board. Betty Hall. Yeah. So she <clears throat> went to the state for influence, and that didn't work out too good. But the, the highway commissioner for the state of New Hampshire lived in Mason. So <clears throat> he, Betty, consulted with him, and ultimately, what it was, he says, set up a meeting. I'll come down and talk with Clarence. He says, I know him. Uh, I, I've dealt with him before, and uh, so we did. It was a nice day, and Betty and I 
get there early. So we were sitting on the on the uh, library steps of the town hall, waiting, and then the commissioners showed up, and we chatted a while. And then Clarence came in. Clarence never came up to the steps. He way down <laughs> down the the walkway there, and um, Betty Betty. She was the chairman of the board, so she spoke up and said that uh, why we had the highway commissioner down. And uh, the highway commissioner never got a chance to say anything. Clarence says, well, screw you, and he turned around and walked away. And uh, <coughs> at that point, I looked like a... I looked like a, an angel compared to Betty. Betty was ripping. She was ripping. And she, Betty was no dumbbell, and she had written, um, she had read her books that she needed to read, and uh, she felt very strong about it. So, then we, so we went through the, we didn't give Clarence the next road age, our uh, next uh, snow plowing deal. We got somebody to underpin him. I know Masha had a lot to say about that. She thought that I signaled the, the, the guy that was going to bid against Clarence. He was in his car or his pickup truck outside at, in the town, outside of the town hall waiting. Who's he? Uh, uh, Aki Grinelli from Milford. He, uh, he had a couple of trucks. With, then he had a, a payloader that... Uh, he had a snowplow for, so he had the equipment. Unfortunately, that the fellow that, that he hired to work with him uh, lived in Amherst, and he was a drunk. I didn't know that. Uh, we had no way of knowing that. So at the first start, it was pretty pretty hard to to um, nothing went. Perfectly right, the first first snowstorm, and it was a pretty good one. I spent the the whole snowstorm sitting in Hackey's truck with him, taking, showing him the roads. Yeah. Thank you. And um, but then and then that tell, and I just had to see the crap in the paper about um, all the the things that we did and I didn't do. Um, so. And I never, I, 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 at one point in time, I think I made the comment that uh, one of our meetings that probably the, <clears throat> the worst thing that Brookline had going for it was this newspaper that was local newspaper. And uh, it, it worked against us, so no question about it. But that's all fair and love and war, so. Because the editor was Marsha Farwell. She was. She had bought it from Harold Burgess. And I believe that if she hadn't have been, uh, not with that thing done, I'm not gonna. Um, I think that if it was just between Clarence and I, we could have solved the problem. I understand. I'm not trying to blame blame anyways. I understand. But it's a, it was one of the things that, um, <clears throat> and you know. When I read the paper the other day, and they said that Brookline got their new, their first highway director. Of, of, oh, yeah. yeah. And I said, God. Yeah, After all these years. All these years.
And it, and I'm and at the time that I was pursuing this, uh, we were the board. The board, it was a board effort. We uh, wasn't doing it on my own. And uh, but uh, I had no idea. I think one of the questions, first questions I got about it, was, what's you know, what is it that we need to do because of the is the town something in the town that we're not getting done? And it wasn't. It was not. But I knew damn well that, that we could, you know, and we've got, I expect that they were, uh, well, because Clarence gave it up, gave it up to Jerry, and Jerry's found it as a pain in the ass. And now he's given it up. And he's given it up. And, uh, so. The, it, it was kind of good while it lasted. Yeah, yeah. Not I, without problems. Well, yeah, good uh, there's always problems in towns. Yeah. You know, and, you know, personalities get involved. Things are said. It's hard. Yeah, it is. It is. And Brookline is, you know, I, uh, we left Brookline. We didn't leave it because of any particular reason other than that we wanted to go where it was warm. That's why we left. Well, we haven't talked about Sandy. Let's take a minute and, and spend a couple of minutes on Sandy. Uh, when were you married? We were married uh, 1963, May, and uh, June 21st. I'm not sure I could do that, so I didn't mean to put you on the spot. 63 or so. Yeah, 63. And, and this was a local girl. Yeah. What was her name? Safford. Sandy Safford. Sandy Safford. And uh, she lived on at the, the, the Farley house, the old... Uh, May, uh, arguably the oldest house in town on, on Pepperell Road right. up in the little knoll. Uh, so did you know her when you when you were a kid? Oh no, she moved to she moved to Brookline. Um, they came here I think she was in the seventh grade. She never went to school locally. She uh, she came and went to Nashville right away. Um, now she she had a job at Town Hall. Yep. What, what was her job? Uh, was she the selectman secretary? No, no, no. No, she was not. She was the planning board. Planning board. Yeah. How long did she do that? Well, I think 12, 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to get back to that because I want to ask you about what I think was another growing pain in town zoning. The creation of mm -hmm. zoning in town. Yep. But let's finish up. Uh, you and Sandy were married for how long? Uh, two months shy of 50 years. Holy moly. Yep. yep. And you, had, well, you were blessed by two children? Yep. Pam and Mike. And uh, they're out there doing good deeds? Pam's in Miyamara right now in uh, Burma. Now, uh, describe for us uh, her employment. Well, she works for the State Department. In the USAID uh, sec section of it, segment, um, she, when she first went to work for him, she went to, her first assignment was Kosovo, and that. What does she do? Well, they, USAID distributes aid to foreign countries. Okay. Basically. And your son? Mike's in the computer, and, you know, he made movies out in California for a good number of years. He computer, you know, computer. Part of it. Part of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
And then he, uh, his company out there moved to Toronto, Canada. So he went up there to, with them, and this guy also had a, a, sh a shop down in uh, New York, in, in Brooklyn. And so he sent Mike down there to help. They weren't producing. And Michael got down there and he found himself not managing, managing the job. He was down there doing the job. He was putting in 16, 18 hour days. And these people were just... The first day... I don't want this to... But the first day he gets to the job, he's walking up the sidewalk in Brooklyn. And he knew where the building was because he had scouted that out before. But he saw all these people standing out front. And he gets up there and he gets close enough so you see what's happening. Everybody's out there, a cup of coffee in this hand, a cigarette in this hand. And that's what they did all the time. They, mm. yeah, they left their machines and they'd go outside and yeah, a break. Well, you know, if you're sitting looking at a computer all day long, you need to get out and see it. But they weren't accomplishing anything. They weren't... The productivity wasn't there, and so he told the boss. He says, um, I'm cutting out. And where'd he go? Didn't he go to Portsmouth? Yeah, yeah. Your son went to Portsmouth? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He's been there ever yeah. since. Yeah. And he just, he does, um, he does, uh, somebody's got a job they want done. They'll send it to him on the computer, and he'll do it, and then he'll send it back to them on the mm. computer. Yeah. He likes it. It's, it's a lot more freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And he's building a new house up there in Portsmouth. Oh, good. Yeah. It's a pretty town, expensive town. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Well, let's come back. Um, zoning was quite a... Oh, no. It was a big issue. Yeah. Talk to me. Well, hey, I was never, I was never a strong supporter of zoning. And it was a fellow out of this firm that put me on the right track. Bob <laughs> uh, Pillsbury said, what? what, he advocated in favor of it? No, no, he wasn't advocating either way. He was okay. just, he was guiding us. Okay. And he, you know, he had a world full of knowledge on that issue. But he said one thing that i will never forget. The last time that we met with him at the town hall, and he says, just remember one thing, folks. When you put it on paper, then you have to accept it, whether you like it or not. I says, and I, I look at him and I says, we have to accept it. Well, he says, if they meet all your criteria that you have in zoning. He says, I'm not telling you you don't need to have zoning. And he says, you, you really need to protect yourself with zoning. But he says there's going to be times you wish the hell you never had it. 